At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz and Mike Pursuta as we get set for another round of NCAA tournament action. We are brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. The Sweet 16 is tomorrow and on Friday, then the Elite Eight on Saturday and Sunday. Tourney Madness in full swing at Bet Rivers. And you can receive a 50% boost if you complete three missions in the next two rounds. If you can bet an underdog to win in the round of 16, win an in game bet in the quarterfinals, and place a parlay of at least three legs, you'll score this huge boost. Terms and conditions apply. See the app for official rules and get your bet in at Bet Rivers before the next round ends. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Got to be 21. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Mike Pursuta and I were at PPG Paints Arena for the first two rounds. And uh, I'm trying to think, Mike, if uh, we could have completed those three missions. Let's see if we completed those three missions. Uh, If we could have picked an upset. I don't know if my upsets hit now that I think about it. Certainly the upset that I was talking about early on, Davidson didn't hit. You're well aware of that. No, it did not. (laughs) It it failed to hit. It missed. Click. Pat Foster lawyer on the head and send them back (laughs) to wherever he came from. But the uh, unfortunate thing for you, though, is that Michigan State did not cover. What, what, there's an in-game bet that would have hit if you bet on Duke making a comeback to cover. What happened there? Well, I'm glad you went there because uh, it was unfortunate for my heart. But uh, 
quite profitable for my wallet. Uh, if people uh, recall last week's episode of this fine program, I was uh, banging my shoe on the table, uh, screaming that Michigan State was going to cover against Davidson. Now, yes, I didn't think I didn't think it would be one point, Tim. But right, one is as good as a hundred when the game goes off a pick, which is where I got it. So that was a hit. And then you were on my list of close associates to which I was texting on Sunday. I believe the, the phrase was Duke all day long, baby. Yes, that something to that effect. Yeah, that's and how I recall it. While I was rooting hard for Sparty and while I was proud of Sparty, uh, really played well, played about as well, I think, as uh, Michigan State can play and had a shot and had him nervous and all that. I think Duke dug down and found something. And I think that is not only, not only did that serve me well, given the sixth, because Duke made its free throws down the stretch. They weren't covering in that game till 30 seconds left. Something like that. Those were the right 30 seconds. The and ones the fouled end. enough, I guess. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then didn't bother to try to take a desperation heave at the end. He knows, <laughs> he knows, but I think Duke found something and I'm all on board with Duke. Uh, to the extent that uh, I checked this morning on uh, this very Bet River site, and Duke was plus sixteen hundred to win the whole thing, and uh, you gonna give me Mike Shishovsky at sixteen to one? I'll take it. They are at sixteen to one. Texas Tech is right there with them at sixteen hundred, and Gonzaga is still the futures favorite at plus two twenty five. Kansas next at plus five hundred. Arizona plus six hundred. Purdue. Although they do have, as I recall, Mike, an institutional history of failure in March at plus 1,000 right there with yeah. our Houston Cougars. It's actually underachieving in the big dance, but yeah, same thing. Yes. Institutional history is the most important part. Institutional history. It's uh, Villanova. It's, it's systemic. 14. It's it's not a, a one guy thing or a one coach thing. It's it's part of the DNA. It's in the uniform, so to speak. Uh I actually think Purdue probably has the best value there with the way that bracket is shaken out. No, but it doesn't because, you know, Purdue is not going to win. They, well, they the, could. You're right. Yes. Because of the aforementioned institutional history. <laughs> By the way, you ever been to West Lafayette? I'm, uh, yeah, I have. I was there one time for an Ohio State game when I was working there. Uh, let me guess what you didn't say. Wow, what a beautiful place. I should come here more often. I never thought to myself, yeah, I got to come back sometime. Yeah. No, that never went through my head at all. Yeah, didn't think so. We looked at the Pittsburgh teams that advanced. I just told you Villanova actually has longer odds than Houston. Is that how you would put it, especially with Houston it is. playing Arizona? It is. Well, because I think I think Villanova's going down uh, next game. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, how do we do on the Pittsburgh part of it? Sweep. Sweep. I got every Pittsburgh part right. Did you? Well, I went two and two. What'd you miss on? I missed on Loyola, Ohio State. And really, I thought Loyola played great, just couldn't finish. Uh, got great looks, got the ball to the basket, just couldn't put it in the basket, which is actually, you know, the idea of the exercise. Uh, they, they took the reservation very well. They didn't hold the reservation. Uh, lost on that one. Duke covered. Villanova uh, uh, covered, you mean, against uh, Delaware. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. And um, Illinois let me down. In the uh, see, I parlayed Illinois and Houston together. That's yeah. why, I, yeah. I had Houston in the last game, and uh, Illinois uh, barely survived Tennessee Chattanooga. By the way, I met some Tennessee Chattanooga guys at Shales uh, across the street from the gym. Yeah, uh, on uh, what was uh, 
one of the best Fridays I've had in recent memory and maybe of all time. We had a blast uh, going to the games, and then I ended up bailing on the last game to go back and watch Michigan State Davidson. But uh, God, I love this tournament. I've seen it uh, a lot over the years in a lot of different settings, uh, a lot of different points of the tournament. I've been to a couple Final Fours. I've been to a first-round game in Tulsa, Oklahoma to watch Pitt lose to the mailman. Uh, wow, that's going back away. I've seen it just about everywhere in between, and it's it's fantastic when it comes to your city. And, you know, you don't have to kill yourself to get somewhere and you can just uh, take it all in. It's a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun the next couple of weeks. And it's going to be back in two years. And uh, we might just have to make the road trip to Columbus next year. We may. We'll have uh, we'll still have some time open in the spring. That's right. You talk about before Robert Morris comes back with hockey. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, because that's gotten in our way a couple of times. Last time it was in Pittsburgh, it got in our way. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So we're watching it from the gym in the hotel in Rochester, New York. If you remember that, I do remember that. I remember watching Trey Young against Danny Hurley. And then uh, next thing you know, Trey Young was in the NBA and Danny Hurley was at UConn. So we watched that game. Then we got on the road and drove up from there. That's exactly what I remember. Columbus ain't far away, and I will definitely try to track that down again. Do you know uh, a guy in Columbus that can get us a free suite with uh, a, a fridge stock full of beers? No, I don't. Uh, I know some. I don't know how well they know me or want to remember me on that day, but yeah. I do know a few. Because I think I'm guessing it's more fun the way you did it, the way you set it up. <laughs> one thing we didn't get right, uh, and one thing that did sort of impact uh, my happiness over the weekend, St. Peter's taking out Kentucky, ruining my bracket, ruining my all ones and twos bet, Mike. If you're talking about parlays for that three mission leg that they were talking about, the special at Bet Rivers and at the uh, Rivers Sportsbook, that's where I got ruined when all my ones and twos won, except for the two that I wanted to win the whole thing, and that was Kentucky. Who saw St. Peter's coming? Uh, we were hunting for the where is it upset. I guess that was it because the other ones, I'll, I'll get to the bets that I didn't make. The bets that I didn't make in the first round that killed me. Uh, I talked about this a couple of days ago, but you need to live through the pain with me again. St. Peter's, though, against Kentucky, that was the biggest pain at all is, of all. Now, now Shaheen Holloway, I bet, is halfway on his way to Seton Hall, isn't he? But could it really be painful if it took out Coach Cal? Don't that you consider okay. that, hey, this is a donation for the public good. Uh, you know, in radio, you have your uh, public service requirements. Certain amount of programming has to be devoted to the public good. And uh, Coach Cal getting vacated. I'd have lost money on that all day long. Uh, St. Peter's didn't get me till the next round. Because, yeah, because uh, then I went hard on Murray State the next I round. I did, to too. Like, okay, these clowns have had their fun, and now right. it's time to, go, time to go back to New Jersey or wherever the hell they're from. And they're still <laughs> hanging around. And I actually thought that Murray State team wasn't bad. I thought they were really good. I, I thought they were the better team athletically and still St. Peter's beat them. And now they are this year's Oral Roberts. Uh, let's see what Purdue does with them. Does their institutional history get in the way of St. Peter's or does their can on overcome? this one? On this one. Yeah. Do you can like on... them at 12 and a half though? I do. I do. Yeah. This is they'll They'll flex their uh, boiler Pete muscles on this one and uh, <laughs> tell the world that this year will be different. And then they'll play Carolina or UCLA, probably Carolina. And we'll find out that this year's the same. I think that's going to be a great game. Carolina and UCLA. It's pretty good with Carolina Baylor, huh? There was your in-game bet going back to those three missions 
on the uh, Bet River Sportsbook that you can win money on. If now, you how, how long? I'm unfamiliar with the in-game thing. Can you wait till there's two minutes left and your team's ahead by 20 points? And then you can slap, bet it whenever. It's constantly slap five moving. bucks on them, minus whatever, and that's just no think good. The, the odds that you had to cover, the odds that you had to get it to overtime when it was a 25-point spread right after that kid got ejected. Uh, maybe people started to go in that direction because they just felt like the tide was turning and see if they could cover a big spread. But to get all the way to overtime, my God, uh, I know a lot of people actually, Mike, that did win bets betting on game action uh, during the middle of Baylor's huge comeback. But I don't know that anybody actually placed the bet that they'd win or come back, like covering a 16 point spread at the time. Uh, that's where I think somebody I know got it at a 16 point spread. Um, they closed the gap there, obviously, and got it all the way to the extra session. I couldn't believe what I was watching. That meltdown was something else. And I not, now I don't know what to make of North Carolina because I thought North Carolina was really finding itself at the end of the year. They looked fantastic against Baylor in that game, but just to have that little thing go wrong and then almost lose the entire game, that was eye-opening to me and, and frightening if you're a Carolina fan. I'm going to look at it the other way. Uh, I don't think it was a little thing. I think it was a key guy. And I think getting on the other side of it makes them stronger for the experience. Uh, not something they want to put on their resume necessarily. Hey, we lost one key guy and fell the hell apart. And we're lucky to get it to overtime, but they got their legs back under them and they won the extra session survive in advance is the objective. And uh, usually anybody that goes a long way in this thing has one of those games, right? One where you got to pull it out of your backside or you got to get lucky or something's got to happen. Very rarely uh, does a team blow everybody out by uh, double-digit point spread totals the way Tom Izzo did in 2000. Uh, actually, I think that just happened again recently. Didn't Baylor do that last year? Um, yes. Just kind of yeah. steamrolled through it. But normally that's not the case. So I'm going to uh, – I don't know. I'm kind of positive today. I think I'm still basking in the glow of the Malik Willis Pro Day yesterday, which I watched on television and just – Oh, we'll get to that. Yes, we'll get to that. Uh, So I'm uh, – I'm in a happy mood in a good place. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say credit Carolina for finding a way. And I think that makes Carolina more dangerous the rest of the way. They're getting same thing with half. Duke, by the way, let me stay on that theme because I think Michigan state really pushed Duke. And I'm not, that's not me, the Michigan state fan talking now. This is a guy watching the game, analyzing it. Duke had a chance to run him out of the gym early, and Michigan State hit a bunch of threes and found a way to hang around in the first half. Now, Michigan State's normally a pretty good three-point shooting team. It's not a 70% three-point shooting team like it was in the first half against Duke, but uh, Spartans would not allow themselves to be pushed over the cliff, and then they had Duke on the ropes in that second half, late in that second half, and Duke was the team making the plays at the end, and... Uh, showing up big at winning time. And I think Duke is going to be uh, better for it. I had some real questions about Duke based on what happened against North Carolina in the coach K slurp fest mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the regular season. And then the Virginia tech game in the ACC tournament. But now all of a sudden I see an immensely talented team that is, uh, you know, hardened, uh, battle tested uh, trial by fire. And you've got uh, the emotional impact of, you know, trying to send Coach K out uh, the way that Coach K probably deserves to go out. So, uh, <laughs> I, did I mention I took Duke at, uh, you know, 16 to 1? Yeah, 1,600 on the futures just to start the Sweet 16, right? I mean, yes. I'm not predicting Duke's going to win it, Tim, but I just, the value in that to me is a joke. 
Duke's possible champ. I mean, it's plausible. They're the most Re- talented team. They're reasonable, flawed, but they're the most talented. Yes. And I saw an element of toughness uh, in that Michigan State game that I don't normally associate with Duke. So, uh, you know, combine the uh, all the six stars and NBA guys with uh, toughness and grit, and let's see what happens. Well, I want to go back to UCLA for a second because that team is killing me because I haven't bet their games. Uh, and, and I walked away from that first round a little bit south of even. Um, I think I picked exactly the same right as I did wrong, but the money didn't come out in my... Well, it never does. You can't be 50%. Right. Uh, I came out a little bit south even because, you know, all the parlays that I did, you know, the ones and twos parlay, and I had a couple big favorite parlays where I missed by one on three and four teamers. Um, So I got a lot of teams right, but uh, individual bets, I I split 50-50. So I came a little down on the money, unfortunately, and not much. I mean, I'm just a couple bucks, but... The thing that just is driving me crazy looking back Tim, at that. Think all the money you didn't spend on alcohol this weekend and <laughs> count that as a W because to me, that's a W. And hey, there were 24 ounce pounders too. So there's that. You know, you got to keep that were, in mind. They were pounded. Bets that I didn't make and two of them were on UCLA. I was going to pick them against St. Mary's and I was also going to take. And I can't believe I did this twice and missed it both times because I stayed away from it. I had two bets that middled perfectly. I said Colgate and Vermont were both going to cover and both lose. And that's exactly what happened. And one of them was against UCLA. The other one was against Arkansas. I think I got Arkansas pegged exactly who they are. I think they're going to give Gonzaga a nightmare. I actually think they're going to cover the nine and a half against Gonzaga. I like them a lot in that game. And UCLA, I, I had them pegged pretty well, too. And I just don't know why I managed to stay. I felt like, you know, I can't play every one of these games. I got to leave a couple on the table. And ones I'm not so sure about, I left on the table. And I would have been right on all three of them. And it's just eaten at me still to this day as we're almost a week away now. Yeah, it's, it's tough for the early rounds because you do want to play them all. I actually had a losing record, you know, one loss-wise, but... I pounded Michigan State against Davidson, and I pounded Michigan State or Duke against Michigan State. I'd rather be in your shoes. I'd rather yeah, have more but that, losses, but more money. I fight with myself on that all the time, though, because to me, that's not a sustainable theory. Like, mm-hmm. to to me, a bet should be a bet, and if you like it, bet it. If you don't, lay, leave it alone. Don't say, "Well, I'm going to bet this one," you know, for laughs and giggles. But I'm really going to pound this one because I feel good about it. Like. Just have a number in your head, and yeah. I don't follow my own advice on this, but you know, stay consistent and try to win more than you lose. I think that's a more reasonable approach than, well, when I get in the hole, I'll just triple down on this team, and they'll bail me out because sometimes they don't. It took me all the way to scanning down to the bottom where I see Miami of Florida and Iowa State, and I'm looking at Miami at minus two and a half, and I'm thinking, you know, I like Miami in that game. I, th- I think Miami's finding itself late out of the ACC, just like Virginia Tech did in the tournament, like Duke and North Carolina might be doing now. But then I thought to myself, like, I, these two teams, to wrap up the last game of the Sweet 16 on Friday at 10 o'clock, who had that matchup in their bracket? I mean, you talk about two teams that are completely off the radar, and one of them's going to be in the Elite Eight, playing for the Final Four, Nobody was talking about Miami or Iowa State coming into this tournament. And here they are. Like I said, one of them will be playing for the Final Four on Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because I went back uh, before we started this 
and I looked at the AP preseason top 25. Nine teams of the Sweet 16 were ranked in the AP preseason top 25. Gonzaga, UCLA, Kansas, Villanova, Michigan, Purdue, Duke, Houston, and Arkansas. Of the ones still playing that were not in the top 16, Carolina was 19th, and then Texas Tech and Arizona were in the others receiving votes category. So almost all these teams were on the radar from the very start of the season, you know, at least in the conversation as being among the best teams in the nation. The ones that have come out of nowhere are Providence, as you mentioned, Iowa State and Miami, and uh, the Peacocks from whatever town in Jersey they're from. Jersey City, yes. Uh, is that what Jer- it is? Jersey City also, for me, great college basketball memories because when I was working at I guess it was probably ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 ESPN. Yeah, 970 ESPN because at 1250, we had the Hotel New York, or Hotel Pennsylvania, rather, oh, right across all, the street. We've all been there. Yeah, right across the street from Madison. It's a place Street's where they Garden. let all the dogs stay for the dog show, right? And all <laughs> That's the- right. It is the dog show hotel, right? All exactly. the carpets have been crapped on by award-winning <laughs> dogs for years. It's this gorgeous, fabulous, you know, yeah. iconic building in downtown middle of Manhattan. It's right there. And you're like, oh, my it's a great God, location. This- great location. You walk in, you're like, what am I walking into? And then you get in the rooms and you're like, what am I walking into? Oh, my God. <laughs> like you open the door and you can crap shower and shave all at the same time and catch a cat nap, too. They're so small. They got the old radiators that hiss and spit. But Jersey City was where. Joe Bendel, our former colleague, and I, we used to stay out there all the time covering the Big East, where they had that hotel right on top of the path station at Exchange Place. Yeah. So I have fond memories of Jersey City getting back at 3 o'clock in the morning on the way home from Manhattan. Yes, I, I'm all about our St. Peter's Peacocks representing Jersey City. Yeah, I think, uh, I think they're going to play the part of carpet. I think Purdue's going to be the big dog. Uh, to underscore my own point, Miami and Iowa State, aside from St. Peter's, have the longest odds of the futures remaining, plus 7,500 for the Hurricanes, who I like slightly over the, the Cyclones at plus 8,000. So some natural disaster is going to happen and emerge into the Elite Eight from those two. Um, so that's kind of a look at our NCAA tournament action after weekend number one going into weekend number two. But I do have one more ncaa tournament bet for people to throw their money down and i feel great about this one and that is aic getting two goals against michigan because now you can bet on ncaa hockey too mike at bet rivers and how happy does that make us well we'll we'll let you know next week but uh yeah i'm loving it and uh aic uh coming out of atlantic hockey uh, which is looked down upon by the uh blue blood conferences such as uh, the big 10 and michigan but uh atlantic hockey's been giant killers uh, a fair amount of time in uh, this round of 16 the ncaa hockey tournament starts at the sweet 16 and uh i may be with you on that uh i just want to emphasize again for the record uh two underdogs are my best picks for the sweet 16 games uh those uh, michigan basketball wolverines against villanova i think uh, michigan's going to win the game but I'll take the points because that's what you do when somebody wants to give you points. You take it kind of like in Moneyball when Billy Bean said, somebody wants to give you an out. You don't argue with them. You just take it and say, thank you very much. I'll take the points. And uh, Duke, I think, is a one-point dog uh, against Texas Tech. I think, I think Duke's got a run in it. I, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, plus one 
as uh, as I look at my Bet Rivers app here. Yeah, I'd take uh, Duke or North Carolina for that uh, three-leg mission that we talked about to open up the show. I think either of the two blue bloods from the ACC are a good way to go as an underdog to win it all. Plus, you know, the line is so narrow, you don't have to worry about it. It's one point for Duke. It's two and a half for the Tar Heels. So if you think they're going to cover, they very well well, no, Carolina's win. getting points as well. Wait, yeah, Carolina's getting two, right? Don't I have that two right? Two and a half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Half. Yeah, yeah so. so they're both they're both dogs. They're both dogs, but if you're looking for a dog to win, which is the middle part of this mission here uh, yeah. that they're talking about at Bet Rivers, then uh, I like those two. I think those two definitely fit. As far well, as is any- it is it dog spread or dog seed? What, what do you mean? Oh no, it's, it's dog. It's underdog point spread wise okay it's not like colorado state was a six and michigan was 11 okay no the way i'm the way i'm interpreting it let me see if i can do if you can bet an underdog to win the round of 16 there you go that's that's to me an underdog that's how everybody likes to pro there's so many upsets you know what the committee thinks is an upset and what vegas thinks is an upset are sometimes two different things exactly and i'm gonna side with vegas um, all right. So th- if I were to, what about a parlay? It says, uh, you can quarterfinals and place a parlay of at least three legs. So what three games do you feel the best about then, Mike, the two uh, ACC schools being two of them or what? No, just take money lines here, right? Yeah. Arizona. So you want to look for the layups, uh, Kansas over Providence. Yep. Purdue, Purdue over St. Peter's. Yep. And, uh, where's my third layup Gonzaga over Arkansas. I guess Although Arkansas yeah. can be a real problem. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I would take the points. If I play that game, I probably won't play it. Let me see. Is there another slam dunk on here? I don't think there is. That's probably why they made it three teams. Yeah. Arizona uh, and Houston and uh, Villanova and Michigan. You, you like Michigan a lot more than I might say Villanova in that game, but you like Michigan. I do. Um, well, I think Michigan's going to win. Let never let those words pet pass through my lips. Yeah. <laughs> the um, like thing, but you know, that, that, that this is business. The other thing's personal. Houston and Arizona, like Houston getting a point and a half. I was impressed with Houston. I thought they were the most impressive yeah. team in the Pittsburgh region. For Did we all just forget about them after last year? Yeah, they had some injuries too. Yeah, a couple big ones, and it just got written off. And, and, uh, and people just stopped talking about them. But, boy, they yeah. look good. Those three guys right. who are lighting it up at the end. So that's a really well-coached team, and they're playing hard, and they know how to get there from here. Uh, what I mentioned, Kansas over Providence, Purdue over St. Peter's. Yeah. Well, find another one. <laughs> I can't do everything. No, yeah. maybe you're Miami's. What's what's their number? Just take or the you could go line. money line, money line, and take the points in Arkansas. Get nine and a half. You could do that. You don't have to take all favorites, right? It's just That's a right. Team, it's just a three-team parlay. Yeah. Um, ah, you know what? Gonzaga to win. I, okay. I, I don't know about the nine and a half thing, but could, yeah, there you go. Gonzaga's the third leg. Or, I mean, or he could get plus two and a half on AIC. Why not? It didn't say it had to be basketball. <laughs> it just said NCAA tournament action. So maybe you could argue that you did it if you got the AIC Yellow Jackets getting two and a half goals against Michigan. You All right, root- so here, here's my challenge. Um, Michigan's my underdog. Okay. My three-teamer is Gonzaga, Purdue, and Kansas. Yep. And then you just find an in-game that can't lose. Like, can you can you bet money line in-game? Like, if you're way ahead, would it be like, you know, $100 to win a buck fifty? 
Yes, you can. Yeah. Okay, then just you know find one of those. Those shouldn't be too hard to find. Somebody's going to blow. If you do something like that on UNC and you bet a hundred bucks when they're up twenty five and it's minus twenty five hundred or something like that, that's when you're really sweating it out. And I'm sure people were doing that. Uh, they probably took that off the board. Uh, they probably you know there's a threshold because it was so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I, and I don't know what that threshold is. Because mattress Mac would have been all over Carolina <laughs> at that point. He'd, he'd have been putting four million on the Tar Heels when they were up twenty five in the second half. All right, we come back. We'll talk some hockey. We'll talk about the Penguins trade. We'll talk about them. Uh, <laughs> Mattress Mac. We'll talk about them beating the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, what a kick in the teeth that was if you had the over, huh? You know, when they got that many goals in the second and didn't allow any, the, the over was just not going to hit. When it was 4-1 after the second period, you couldn't have been feeling good about that over. You know, I took a pass on that, and I should have given the goal and a half. I, uh, I'm, I'm kicking myself a little bit. I was feeling so good about the two dramatic wins mm-hmm. on uh, Friday and Sunday. I didn't want to give any back. Uh, but, you know, with the trade and Columbus being as bad as it is, yeah. I think we've stumbled on a Penguins trend. When they're playing a real good team, go under. And when they're playing a crap team, go either over or minus one and a half. Yeah, that's a good yeah, that's that's a good strategy, actually. I like a lot of that. Uh, we'll talk more about the pens. We'll also talk about Malik Willis's pro day because that's what has Mike going more than anything else. This is the Pittsburgh City Cast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. And 1-800-522-4700 in Nevada. Back on the Pittsburgh CityCast, Tim Benz and Mike Pursuta. The Tim, Penguins. what are we doing this weekend? Where's the fun, man? I mean, Friday was pretty good. I want some more. Oh, I, I can actually give you one if you want. Mitchell's downtown. Want to get the downtown? Do you want the same hotel room, Mike? How would that be? We'll actually have it the next night for the Eagles concert, but uh, what, what are you thinking? <laughs> well, we're at Mitchell's for the ESPN radio broadcast, uh, Sweet 16 broadcast. So I will be there uh, for the tip-off of the first couple games and probably will be staying downtown Friday night. So uh, I encourage anybody listening in Pittsburgh to come on out for that. Might have to check that out. Uh, so all the Friday early games there. Um, and we will By the also- way, the Eagles are minus one. <laughs> that parlay might be a little, a little morose for me. Uh, I, you know, the last time they were in at PPG Paints Arena, I went, I don't know, wasn't a fan. I just, uh, I thought it was too sleepy, a little too slow for me. Yeah, the different strokes. That's why they make red cars and blue cars. I think they are one of the great live bands that I've ever seen. Just and sonically, I, you mean, or, or what? Just the whole, those harmonies, man, they get me. They, I, I think they have great songs and they perform well. I know they. I think maybe I like them a little bit because they all hate each other. You know, that documentary. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, who was the 25 guys, 25 cabs team? Was that the, uh, the, the Red Sox Zoo? of 1978? Oh, uh, it was the Red Sox. Yeah. I love when teams hate each other and they still function better than everybody else. Because that's well, what being a pro is all about, Tim. The Penguins, let's see if they test your theory tonight, Mike. Do you like them then as a uh, minus one and a half goal total against the Sabres? Yeah, I think I do. Um the number should be down a little bit because they're on the road. That's what that was 120. It pays off plus money. Yeah. I mean, it was like minus 140 just for the goal and a half last night. And the, the other line was 330 or something really prohibitive. Yeah. Didn't, uh, 
yeah, this if I'm going to give a goal and a half, I feel better about plus 120 than minus 140. That's for sure. Um, yeah, they got a little mojo going. Um, the over, by the way, doesn't have the hook. The over is at uh, minus 115. Over under is six. Minus 115 for the over and minus 103 for the under. Yeah, and uh, Buffalo uh, is Buffalo. Uh, Penguins, you should take care of business against them. And uh, just, you know, the, listening to the post-game stuff from last night, particularly Sullivan, and, you know, he was going on a couple of his soliloquies about playing the right way and moving forward, keeping your nose yeah, on the right lands, side. Of the- that last answer is still going on. I mean, yeah, he was into the two-and-a-half, three-minute soundbite that, that even I had to break up into a couple for this morning. And I, of course, am the king of the minute plus soundbite, but uh, they feel like they got a little mojo right now. Eight, two and one in the last 11. They thought they played really well in that one of the losses, which was in Nashville. Now, I think they carried most of that game, but they had two horrific breakdowns that I think factor in to how you played overall more than just two plays out of, you know, X number of plays in a hockey game. They were like Titanic hitting the iceberg mistakes. Mm-hmm. which sort of ruined that trip across the North Atlantic, even though for most of it, they were moving forward pretty well. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Penguins, they got a big weekend coming up. They just made that trade. Uh, the one thing that does give me pause a little bit is Buffalo's won a couple in a row. They've won and four I, or five. Yeah. And I don't think the Sabres played last night, correct? No, but, they didn't. Uh, that, that dynamic does not seem to have had the impact this year that uh, it has had in previous years. The Penguins... Last night, uh, I suggested a couple things that went awry. I thought Raquel was going to score. I always bet on the guy that scored to score once he gets traded. Um, and I think he was at like plus 170 to score a goal or something like that. He didn't. Uh, a lot of other guys did. They won five to one. The over-under was at six and a half. That was looking good for a little bit. I thought they might get six and a half in the friggin' second period alone, the way they were lighting up the goaltender. Could have had it in the first fumb- period. Yeah, the way he was fumbling pucks. But, I mean, he played really well. To, you know, it was one nothing Columbus after one, right? And then yeah. they just then they just pounced. But uh, can you get down on Kasperi Kapan and not scoring a goal despite having a tremendous scoring opportunity that a reasonable NHL caliber player should bury with ease? Well, I know you hate analytics, so this would be a way to make analytics a little bit more tangible. Can you bet on failure of high danger scoring chances for Kasperi Kapanen yeah. over under? three and a half high danger scoring chances that he doesn't bury because that would have put at least a point on the board for Raquel because he had a great feed to like second or third shift that those guys were together. Oh, right in a slot, all kind of time and space. Didn't even get a shot. Uh, By the way, there's, there's no such thing as a high danger scoring chance. There are scoring chances and there are not scoring chances. A scoring chance by definition is dangerous unless you learned hockey looking at a laptop while you're sitting in a live game. Well, that's what I'm telling you. That's why we got to make these stupid analytic stats tangible for us, and then they can have more meaning and we can sink our teeth into them more properly. Um, How do you think it should go, Mike? Just kind of big picture with Raquel now. I I appreciate what Sullivan was saying. You know, he was being honest about it. Look, the guy just came in uh, on a red eye. We didn't want to give him too many minutes. We didn't want to overload him. That's why he was on the third line with Carter. You know, the dynamic to me is uh, if he goes on the left side, then what do they do on the right side? Do they move him over the right side? Eventually, when Zucker comes back, they put Zucker on the right side. Do they just ride it out with Kapanen and hope he finds something? 
Uh, Danton Heinen going to be the answer? I mean, I, I don't know what they do because they don't have another clear-cut scoring option. Do they keep Russ down there? Uh, I don't. I prefer to see Russ go back with Crosby. How about you? Absolutely. Uh, I never would have broken that lineup in the first place. Uh, the first line is the first line to me. Uh, Raquel's place is on the second line with Malkin. And then, you know, you figure out the rest of it, however you figure it out. But uh, I don't think they brought this guy in to be a third liner. Do you? No. And I think Sullivan even said as much without saying as much, uh, you know, he, he sort of blew off the suggestion, even that he would stay with Carter. And yeah. said, although we had, uh, we had the old two nine or Phil Bork on the DVE morning show this morning. And he said, just something to consider is Sullivan's always been a guy who likes to have, uh, oh no, it was actually, it was Mark Madden said this today, not Borky. Oh, um, doing the Phil Kessel thing with Raquel. Likes to have three scoring lines, three or yeah. three lines that can score. Uh, I think Kessel is a little bit more kinetic than Raquel, at least the Kessel that we saw here. Yeah. Well, I mean, Raquel's a 30 goal scorer, but not lately. And uh, I liked what I saw from him last night, but uh, plus you got to, massage Gino a little bit, don't you? And, and make him feel special that you got a winger for him to, yeah. to try to maximize. That's the kind of guy you got to manage a little bit, right? In, in terms of getting the max effort out of him and getting him to play the right way and all that. Uh, yeah. I, I, if I'm Sullivan, I'm trying to overload my offense on the top two lines. I'm playing defense with my third and fourth line. And hopefully that's enough. Did you make it through Malik Willis's pro day or did you have to like stop the tape, go smoke a cigarette and come back midway through and start it up again? Uh, I taped it while I was watching it. Thank you. And then, <laughs> then I went back. What'd you think? But yeah, that's how it went down. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love the kid. I, the more I see him, the more I like him. And it's, it's been really, I'm going to use the word fascinating. It's not hyperbole. And I knew this kid was on the NFL's radar at the start of last season. I did not see Liberty play a game. And the first time I put eyes on him was watching the senior bowl practices on television. And then I heard everybody raving about him. Uh, the uh, now famous Wednesday practice in the rain when all the other quarterbacks looked like they couldn't throw through the rain. They were throwing it through the car wash, Tim, but their ball was getting wet. And uh, Malik's ball didn't get wet. And everybody went, oh, my, look at that. And then in the game, I think we talked about this before on one of these shows. They have this goofy rules in the senior bowl where every quarter ends like a half. Like you could have the ball and at the end of the first quarter, you got to give it back. Even, you know, even if you, so that every but basically it was so that every quarterback could run the two minute offense. Right. Yeah. And they came up with an untimed down at the end of uh, I believe it was the first quarter where they were on about the 36 or 37-yard line, his team. So they're in a way-back prevent defense, and he drops back, and there's double pressure from the edges, so he steps up, and then he flushes right, and he's still got his eyes downfield. He's still looking to throw the ball, and it's just, you know, they ran the picket fence on him, apparently. As the Steelers showed us, you can't throw oh, into the end zone against the picket fence. You just can't God do forbid. it. So he took off running, and he went through about seven or eight guys, and they finally got him on an angle tackle at, like, the four-yard line. He was in inside the 10 for sure it was a breathtaking play and i was just right there i was like wow i don't know a lot of guys that can do that like it it was lamar jackson-esque it was uh, a beautiful thing to see and he's got the arm strength tim uh now he's not ideal height wise but he's a strong solid put together kid 
Uh, I, I wouldn't worry that he's going to get broken in half the way I do when I watch Kyler Murray play. And by the way, that doesn't seem to have happened yet. Um, I, I think he has got the most upside by far of any of these guys. And if I'm the Steelers and for some weird reason, he's still there at number 20 or number 15 or 16, I'm, I'm going to take him. And just make Mitch Trubisky the backup or what? no, no, I make Mitch Trubisky the starter and he's my uh, package guy initially. And then you see where it goes. Cause that's but, not going to last. I think we all know it's not going to last. Well, make it work. You know what I mean? Like this kid for all the raving I'm doing about him. I haven't heard one person yet say, Oh, he's ready to plug in game one and be your starter. And I don't think he is either, but eventually he will be. And then, look out it'll be breathtaking and in the meantime that's why he went out and got Mitch Trubisky and you think Kenny Pickett is that just for the uh, Carolina Panthers or Atlanta Falcons but not the Pittsburgh Steelers or what Pickett is probably ready to go right now more you know more than the rest of these guys uh I don't think he has the upside and I'm a little concerned about the hands thing sorry I, I just them uh he fumbled a lot at Pitt and when you fumble a lot in the NFL it, it uh ruins a lot of good deeds his I'm not anti-pin I'm not anti-Kenny Pickett but there's more than one program and there's more than one good player you know I do you, you find this reaction whenever you mention a quarterback not named Kenny Pickett it, it seems to be met with derision yes absolutely yeah of course because that's what pit pit fans are the best fan base in the world at playing the victim and if the media isn't 100% behind Kenny Pickett it means that they hate Pitt. And that's the, that's the direction they want to go. They want to continue to portray this and have that aspect of them so they can play the victim all the time. Pitt fans just love doing that. It's who they are. And saying you like Malik Willis for the Steelers doesn't mean that you're saying that Kenny Pickett can't be a good quarterback in the NFC South. It's not saying that, but people want to make it sound that way uh, because that's what Pitt fans do. Now, I heard, who was it? Oh, he was doing an interview with Aditi after the, his pro day. And she said the comparisons that people gave me were Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, and who was the other one? Matt Hasselbeck. And yeah, I mean, like in a best case scenario, that's the ceiling that I think Kenny Pickett is. Yeah. Carr's good pretty good. To, to get to a playoff good enough to maybe win a division. I, I just don't ever see him being an icon or a difference maker or a quarterback that people look at and say, we can't beat this guy in the playoffs. Whereas with Willis, I'm looking at Josh Allen eventually a smaller version thereof, but yeah, exactly. Play, a different he, will kind play, of he, he will play the same kind of game. How about you that know, chiefs trade too, by the way, getting rid of Tyreek Hill. I couldn't believe they did that. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out because uh, obviously the money is just stupid, but he's, he is a difference maker. And, and I know there's a lot of receivers available in the draft and all, you know, he's not just a fast guy to me. Um, my question, he's got great hands and instincts and everything. I wonder how long it's going to take for him to kind of get the uh, ESPN he had going with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. In, a, in another location. You know what I mean? Cause you see like, Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown had that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams had that. That's the best recent example. But Mahomes and Hill is uh, another good one to me. And that 
that's not just plugging in a guy that runs a 4.2840 or whatever it is. Like you got to develop that, and that takes a little time. The Chiefs are down to plus 1,000 now. Uh, I think they were right around like 850 or 750 before, then they got rid of Hill, and now the odds have gotten longer. Like they don't think they have something all that special in Juju, do they? Like they don't think that Juju can replace Tyreek Hill in some facet or another. Basically, I thought they were getting Juju to make life a little bit easier on Travis Kelsey, like not equating like, Hey, we've got a weapon here, a wide receiver that can offset the loss of Tyreek Hill. Well, there is a draft coming up. Yeah, I, I know, but they can use how many picks they're going to use on wide receivers. Cause now they need, I think they need two. I thought they might've needed another one. Anyway, what did they, did they, what did they get coming back? Um, I didn't see the package, but if, they at least had a first rounder. There's a first rounder for this year coming back, and I think a second rounder too. Yeah, I've been uh, I've done two mocks so far, and I had uh, Jahan Dotson from Penn State going to them, and wow. both of them. That's a good uh, get. That's a good. But player. that was that was down near the bottom. So I guess now what they get a Miami pick. Yeah. So that's got to be where. Uh, it's a little bit in front of the Steelers. Yeah. So they can uh, they can get two if they want, or get a get a little bit uh, higher caliber. Depends what they're looking for, but. Uh, I, I just Jahan Dotson to me looks like Kansas City Chief, the way he plays. He looks a little like Tyree Kill 2.0, to be honest with you. You know, one of those guys who could just run all over the field. Well, they also out. said the same thing about McCall Hardman, and he ain't become that yet. Not yet, but there's there's something there too. I mean, sometimes you need a little more opportunity. That guy's got some some game. All right, a reminder, Tourney Madness, full swing at Bet Rivers. You can receive 50% profit boost if you complete three missions in the next two rounds. If you can bet an underdog to win in the round of 16, win an in-game bet in the quarterfinals, and place a parlay of at least three legs, you'll score this huge boost. Terms and conditions apply. See what, is the, what is the huge boost? Uh, 50% of your profit. That is a huge boost. Yes, it is. Yeah, precisely. So if you meet those qualifications, your parlay gets boosted. The more you bet, the more you get boosted. Yes, exactly. So uh, see the app for official rules and get your bet in. Are we unanimous? Did did you like uh, where I was going on that? I do like the idea. Now we just got to find an in-game bet to pay off. So we're going to have to pay particular attention. That should be the easiest part, right? You'd think, but they call it gambling for a reason. (laughs) They don't call it winning. If it was easy, everybody would do it. The hard is what makes it great. <laughs> Presented by Rivers Casino. Must be 21. That's Gambling good problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. For Mike Pursuta, I am I'd have bet on Jimmy Dugan all day long, baby. This is the Pittsburgh City Cast, and we're back next week.